0: There's never enough time. Never enough for what?
1: To satisfy a woman.
0: Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. It's good to be back. It is. It's been a full two
1: weeks off at least. Probably if if you're a loyal friend of the show, it probably just feels like seven days
0: or so. But yeah, it's been a while for us. So if we're a little rusty, it's because we're not very good at podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> what with all the buttons and such. Yeah, buttons and such. Keep going. Oh, speaking of not being very good at things, I've launched a YouTube channel. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So far it's a very double impact related content, but there will yes. be other things. Uh-huh called the Pop Critic. Um, I haven't been able to customise the URL yet, so it's youtube.com. So, slash blah, 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 blah. so
1: what's the best? Do I go into world's second biggest search engine YouTube yeah, and type in Pop Critic? If or? you type
0: in the Pop Critic, you sh- it should come up. It's the one with the colourful writings there. Mm-hmm. Or if you go on our Instagram page, click on our link tree there in the bio. There's mm-hmm. a link in there. But do follow, subscribe, etc. Yeah, um, it, it helps it gain a little bit of steam in the older... YouTube algorithm. algorithm. And there's going to be so much content coming. Yes. So it's going to be probably two videos per week is the goal. Ooh, strong.
1: Yeah. And what have we got? What are they going to get there at the moment? Do you want to give a little teaser, a little taste? So
0: something that we've been meaning to do for a while, which we've finally done, is turning some of our segments into videos. So if you're familiar with the, the Mr. Sunday movies of the world, um, you know, that's our, our rich, beautiful tones, mm-hmm. uh, supported by imagery from the film's, that we are talking about, mm-hmm. and you know, whatever pop cultural references and whatnot. Yes. Um, so it's a full audio visual experience as opposed to the audio experience mm-hmm. on this, uh, what we call the old podcast. And will you
1: endeavor to slice in some dick pics?
0: 100%, a real we'll, uh, tile of dirt in it for yeah. you guys. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm going through the old back catalog. So a lot of the stuff there, you may have heard those episodes, but a combination of them being old. With the with also with the with the visuals, it's like new content. Yeah, and they're edited tighter than podcast format because YouTube's all about bam, 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 bow, poof. <laughs> Podcasts you can be like more considered, a few more. Ums We're and very uhs. considered.
1: Yeah, I imagine you'll have a considered YouTube channel though.
0: Maybe, but then you can't you can can't lose those eyeballs. Yeah, explosions every two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen? I went to one of those YouTube conferences once. To show you how to optimize a TV ad yeah. on YouTube. Okay. And it's basically just like bam bam bam. Never like just dyslexia. Not dyslexia. Get the logo on early. <laughs> dyslexia. <laughs> I don't think that's the thing you're looking at. Epilepsy. For. Yeah, right. Like crazy shit. And like this ad and the crazy thing is it works too. So it's like this ad we did for Nike, which is just colors pulsating really fast, delivered massive ROI.
1: Oh. Romy?
0: Yeah. So it's like get your TV ad the fuck out of here. Mm. It's all about seizures. Yeah. So if you like seizures, the <laughs> pop critic, check it out. Uh, more videos coming. There should be at least one this week, but maybe two if I if I, if I can figure it out. It's a bit of a learning curve. Oh, sounds cryptic. Yes, yes. And Greg's about to be on the radio, although once this episode comes it out. It will have happened. It will have happened already. But how about this? Look at us having things to plug.
1: That's right. That's right. We hopefully, if, if, if it all goes well tonight, we hopefully will have a little standing segment Mm. um we'll, see, we'll be seated yeah. um but it'll be <laughs> recurring uh on abc uh, 702 yeah. um saturday nights yeah in a similar fashion we'll probably be covering some of the you know tighter versions of the content we cover on the show some little pop culture references uh, through the lens of the films that we like to cover.
0: Yes. And that's Australian radio ABC seven oh two but those overseas, it's all online. We'll find streams. Once it once it's up there we'll we'll find a way to share it. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. Spreading our wings, Tristan. Spreading our wings. Let us fly. I'm a peacock. You can't let me fly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I never got that joke until you until said, right
0: now. Yeah. Can you believe it's a
1: JCVD episode already? It's Can been 10 it? weeks again.
0: And it's episode 90. 90, nine zero. Yeah, that means we've got 10 more episodes to 100. That's how maths works. I can't, and it blows my mind.
1: It does blow my mind also. And what is our 100th film we'll be doing?
0: Street Fighter. Street Fighter. The pinnacle.
1: The pinnacle
0: of something. Of something. It's Obviously not his best movie, but it's definitely maybe the apex mm. of yeah. his career.
1: It's the apex of something also. Mm. Um, this particular, Mm. particular, Mm. uh, came out in 1994, Mm -hmm. mid nineties. Yeah. Mid nineties, you know, you get to the middle of a decade and you've somewhat cast off the shackles of the preceding decade and defined yourself somewhat. It's
0: become something.
1: Um, absolutely. Um, and 94 certainly had that. It was a big year for many things. I thought I would hone in on a little something for you. Oh yeah. Something that's close to your heart. Kristen?
0: Oh, yeah. Or should I say My lungs
1: close oh. to you. <laughs> hey. Yeah. I was going to say closer to your belly. Ah, oh, that's true. It was the release of the George Foreman Grill. Oh. So What a machine. What, what a I machine. can't believe that was
0: 94 because I didn't get one until like 2000 or something. Yeah, it's, and it's definitely all, it was than the I only thing thought. I cooked on for about 10
1: years. Yeah, until recently. <laughs> until recently. I can't
0: believe I don't have one here.
1: <laughs> it's uh, it's a ve- It was a very unique, uh, very successful benchtop cooking device. All purpose. It doesn't need much of an explanation, obviously, but um, I will just remind everyone the original intention was to create an indoor grill um, that pre- provided a unique benefit of cooking on top and bottom, mm. sealing in, thus sealing in the flavours. Yeah. <laughs> But probably most significantly was its patented slant. Yeah. It, was, it had a, a slanted cooking surface. Yeah.
0: You know what that did, Tristan? It tri- knocked out the fat. Knocked out the fat. <laughs> I forgot
1: that until you said it. Yeah, It knocked out the fat. Yeah. Um, so unsurpr—well, It
0: was more of a slow drip than an <laughs> aggressive knockout, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Thus uh, that's lies the, the genius of the marketing and getting mm. the great Paul, Paul, George, <laughs> I get my Paul and George mixed up uh great george foreman legendary boxing heavyweight george foreman involved so he actually didn't invent it you'd be you may be surprised no. to hear
0: that's what they want you to think
1: yeah i certainly thought that mm. um it was a chap by the name of michael bohm from batavia in illinois right um bohm lovely name the michael
0: bohm grill
1: yeah the michael bohm grill didn't have the same ring to it no um, so I don't know the exact moment when um, George Foreman got on board but it was very early, mm. hence the naming, and his, I think he was getting like 40% of the take for the first couple of years <sighs> before they sold it. The thing was a glo- like they sold 100 million of them in the first couple of years. Yeah. It's a mega success. They went on to sell it uh, to uh, a company called Sultan Inc. Um, George himself got 138 million out of that. And prior to that, as I say, he was getting 40% of the cut. So estimations, I don't have an exact figure, but estimations that he, he himself has pocketed over $200 million US. And it's up
0: there like with Nike and Jordan. It's, they call it like... Foreman put, and Bohm.
1: They basically say that it's the second biggest sports marketing really? deal, endorsement in history wow. after, after Jordan. Wow. Deal, deal with Nike. Wow. Wow. Which is pretty incredible. Oh, Wow. It's crazy, hey?
0: It is crazy.
1: They're still selling. In Asia, they endorse it with George, but uh, supported with Jackie Chan for, you know, a bit of local context. Yeah. I've got a – I do have a clip. Oh, yeah. This was definitely uh, delivered in an infomercial, so it's not a 30-second, 15-second sort of jingly ad. It's a 45-minute. It's a (laughs) 45-minute paid presentation.
0: I used to watch all of those because back in those days, we had four channels and I would finish working Nightfield, Big W, come home – and often it was Chef Tony. Oh, yeah? With his steak knives.
1: Throwing, throwing tomatoes
0: hey, at a knife. a good paring knife is worth its weight in gold, and that's exactly what this is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a golden
0: paring knife. It's like butter to this knife. <laughs> Who feeds these breadsticks to their family, huh? Guilty, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> was it torn bread? Yeah, it's like because you crunch up, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, you know, I do. They show the black and white, like. You're probably
1: wasting thousands of dollars of food a day. <laughs> The George Foreman Griller Machine is very special. Everyone should have one, number one, because this grill has something no other grill has. (laughs) Slims. You put the food in and the grease rolls down. And because of the slanting of it, the fat rolls because down. I'm putting
0: a hamburger in uh, my grill and as the um, hamburger is cooking, the grease drips into this pan. This is the grease that we've pulled out of the hamburgers. So it's better off, you know, in here rather than in your body.
1: This ordinarily would have gone into Because heat. of the slanting. Now here we can get rid of it the proper way. Knock you out the, the fat uh, or
0: collect the gravy? You just say. I never, I never washed it out.
1: Well, it's a, it's the a flavor saver.
0: Yeah, I went through about four George Foreman grills.
1: What's <laughs> the RRP on a?
0: I can't remember because there was a jumbo one. Uh, I had one probably when I first moved out as my own little you know bachelor te- chow production. Mm, mm, there's a the kitchen. But then also with various roommates, that, like we all loved it. Mm. We would just put anything in there. We'd go down to IGA get the. Meat that was about to expire, the cheapest meat we could mm-hmm, get. Mm-hmm. Get some instant mashed potato, yeah. chiavapis, get some chivapis oh, in there. Man, you got yourself a meal happening. Maybe a can of tomatoes. Maybe a head of broccoli. No? Ah, oh, man. We okay. were young and invincible. Yeah, yeah, me neither, man. <laughs> I wouldn't say it. If I got one for Christmas, I would be pretty happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Noted. He, he did. He did. Um, I didn't mean poke me in the ribs when he said yeah. that.
0: But uh, you know what? That would be delightful. It deserves, you know, I know how you feel about air fryers. It's better than an air fryer. It's got more use cases than an air fryer. Can I and put a toasted sandwich a, in there? Yeah. Yeah, better? Exactly. Exactly. You can you can put anything you want in there. And then every now and then if you don't want to drip, you just put something under there to make it level. Get rid of the slantiness.
1: Oh, you put in a counter slant.
0: Like if you want to make some eggs.
1: Oh, that feels like I would, I might not put eggs in it. I did. 94 Big year for what a year. knocking out fat.
0: Big year for knocking out the fat. Big year for the moving pictures. It
1: actually was a massive year for movies, wasn't
0: it? It was and it's one of those years that we've done less than others because I had to dig through, you know, often I do the copy and paste when looking at the movies of the year uh-huh. from previous episodes and I had to dig deep for this one. I think the last movie we did here was, I remember I deleted it from the, oh, The Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was nearly a year ago. Last week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will go through the top ten because, you know what, it's fucking something. It is pretty so It's a real time capsule too. Mm. So number one movie in 1994, The Lion King. The number two, Forrest Gump. Wow. Number three, True Lies. Wow. Number four, The Flintstones. Number five, The mm. Mask. Number six, Speed. Oh. Number seven, Dumb and Dumber. Oof. Number eight, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Number nine, Interview with a Vampire. Oh, yeah. Number ten, Pulp Fiction. Oh, Interview with the Vampire is often on my short list, and then I keep. Yeah,
1: it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just
0: curious about that one. Same. I can't tell if it's, it's going to be awesome or yeah. I can't going to be awesome or just boring.
1: I remember even when we watched it years ago, when movies seemed shorter. If that makes sense. Yeah, Those distractions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember it took me a couple of sittings. It's like three and a half hours, four hours, ten hours. I think it's eleven hours for that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: At least. Yeah. And just for inflation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm half. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but you know what? Movie came in at number 25 in 1994 Um damn gap.
1: Ah, damn gap.
0: Time top
1: I'm a damn gap. <laughs> Trust me.
0: There's never enough time <laughs> <No. laughs> To satisfy all the ladies. <laughs> <It's such laughs> a, to whisper to your wife. There is never enough time. It's really, you know what comes to a head in this movie, I'll get into it later, but uh, I'm going to say it now anyway. Yeah. Is it, he does it, he can't yes. do one-liners yeah. because he puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable. You like po-
1: you pointed this out to me and it's kind of, it's ruin. It's not ruining, it's just... uh it, yeah, it certainly highlighted it.
0: Well, I think because in the other ones he didn't really have one-liners, so it's become more obvious in a movie like this.
1: Jam, why jam them in there? This movie's full of them.
0: Yeah, but then they don't, they don't land. No. Yeah, it's we'll all, get into Yeah, those. Have
1: you got a few? Did you capture a few?
0: I captured the prime culprit. Have a nice day. Did you mean have an ice day? Oh, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it came out in 1994, September <laughs> 1994, budget $27 million, gross of $101.6 million, the highest grossing Jean-Claude-led Van Damme movie of all time. This is it. All time. Closely followed by um, Street Fighter, which came out the same year. So that also got about 100 100 milli. So Jean-Claude Van Damme delivered 200 mil to the box office in 1994 between those two movies. That's... If you just add for inflation, that's up there. I imagine he's the man. He's the man. At this point, he is the Jean Claude Van Man. Rotten Tomatoes critic score of forty five percent, audience score of thirty six percent. So this is one of those ones that's quite interesting. I've always been curious about constructing some sort of formula (laughs) that gives a (laughs) score of score relative to ROI.
1: Mm.
0: There's something interesting in there that I've never worked out. That could be one. Was this a big one for you though? No. Yeah, me too at, at the time. Yeah. In subsequent yep. years it, got, it started to pick up.
1: I Like I just haven't seen this movie that much compared yeah. to, you know, the others
0: I guess. It's fascinating because it's one of the biggest ones mm. and a little disclaimer as we get in this episode, there's not a lot out there. Like in terms of the research we often do for these episodes, it's often like, oh, how do I, how am I going to be able to read Distilled. all this stuff and distill? There's nothing out there about Jean-Claude Van Damme's biggest movie which is mm. crazy. Wow. And, yeah, I didn't see it at the time. I was probably all over Street Fighter at the time.
1: I Yeah, I definitely saw it and my yeah, my well, recollection I it, I was that it was it. A, a bit of a sad film that didn't have a happy ending. Right. Because, you know, most of his movies have to have a, this, you know, like the final fight of the Kumite or the final fight of Tong tongpo That's
0: your happy ending. There was no fight.
1: <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like win and champion and Nutsuko and dance around and,
0: he doesn't yell and look in various directions.
1: Like he goes home and realizes he's got a family. Anyway, we're getting into it a bit here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I, I remember it was a bit of a Debbie Downer of a film.
0: It is very emotional. Yeah, it's an emotional rollercoaster. Yeah, oh, oh yeah.
1: And sorry, yeah, and for you, something similar.
0: Yeah, something similar. I think I watched it proper. I th- I must have watched it somewhere around that time, but never really sunk in. Yeah. Um, but then I watched it properly for the first time five or so years ago, I think. Maybe ten years ago. I'm bad with time these days, funnily enough. Anyone <laughs> um, else is
1: bad with time? The writers commanded. of Time come.: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, ten years from now, things are going to be so different. We'll get into that. <laughs> I'm giving away all my things.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So where are we? You're going to um, tell us about how it came to be. I'll tell,
0: I'll tell you all about how it came to be. Let's get into the origin story. Origin story. All right, so being a Jean-Claude Van Damme episode, I want to make sure we give the full context of where Jean-Claude Van Damme has been and where he is at this point. So picking up where we left off 10 episodes ago with Hard Target. Mm. It's now 1994, six years after Bloodsport, five years after Kickboxer, three years after Double Impact, two years after Universal Soldier, one year after the Denim Western Double Mm -hmm. of Nowhere to Run and Hard Target. Have they ever been captured as like the, the denim westerns? Because I think that's a good idea. I like it. They're kind of like modern westerns wrapped in denim.
1: You're onto something there. Yeah. and bending.
0: And, and you know, if those names gave you tingles, that's because this is his ascension. Mm. This is his ascension. I skipped over some of the smaller ones. But those are the big ones and he, he's still in his ascension. This movie became- Right now. Yeah. This movie became the highest grossing film of all time for Jean-Claude Van and as I mentioned, will be closely followed by Street Fighter in the same year. This is big stuff, man, big stuff. And he's gone through a few transformations over this period. He's got his – the early days of sort of more B-movie action star to a yep. degree, the, yep. the low-key martial arts. Yeah, Who's more martial artsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then into the kicks. Universal Soldiers, probably the official welcome to the lap pack of uh-huh. broad blockbuster action star. Yep. Um Then we got the double denim westerns, as I mentioned, and and, mm-hmm. and now we're into new territory. Every every lap pack has got to have their sci-fi classic. Yeah, you can Arnold. He's got his Terminator. He's got the Total Recall. Mm. Sly's got Demolition uh, Man. And <laughs> the Judge Dredd. I am the law. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That was him reading his lines. <laughs> yeah, that's him memorising. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'll go with that one. Yeah, And so we get Time Cop. <laughs> I got real hot doing that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it sexually. comes from the diaphragm. Yeah, <laughs> it's very erotic. Hey, did you know this movie is based on a comic book? Another one of those low-key comic book movies. Wow. A comic book called Time Cop. Oh, yeah. Well, if it ain't broke... And fix it, yeah. I mean, we like to say that oh, it's all comic book movies now. It's always been comic book movies, uh-huh. always. Ever heard of Batman, yeah, ever heard of Spider Man, Super Man, Blade Man, Blade Man, Men in Black Man, Ninja Turtles Man? It's all there, man. It's all there. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the comic book came out as a three part story, in yeah. 1992. Pope
1: the first.
0: <laughs> uh, called time Cup, a man out of time. Ah,
1: because there's never enough time.
0: There's never enough Dame. Um It's written by a couple of guys named Mark Verheiden, perhaps. It's oh, yeah, that'll do. And Mike Richardson.
1: Apologies to the Marks family. <laughs> Apologies. And to everyone else whose name <laughs> Tristan pronounces this evening.
0: Um, written by Mark Verheiden and Mike Richardson with artwork by Ron Randall. Mm. And these guys, they've been around. They, they've kind of done all of them. I'm not going yeah. to list all the things they've done. Yeah, they've done all of them. Many. They're comic book guys. Um, there are some key differences though, believe it or not, between the film we saw and what happened in this comic. Mm. So you got Max Walker, which I believe is his, his yeah, name. Yeah, Max e. Walker. Same. Yeah, it's the same. He works with the, the Time Enforcement Commission, the TEC. Uh-huh. TEC, yeah. The year is 2007, interestingly. hmm 2007.
1: I think he wants us to remember that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the bad dude is a guy named John Adam Packer, who travels to 1933 to rob a South African mine of a massive diamond. Okay. And he takes a killer robot with him for security.
1: Okay. So the 2007 has killer robots.
0: Yeah. What? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So after Max goes back, and I'm not going to go through the whole plot recap, yep. but it just calling out the differences. The the main the crux of this one was he goes back and solves that, thinks the robot's dead. Goes back to the future, Ooh. and um, back to two thousand and seven. But all shit has broken loose because that robot wasn't dead and has wreaked havoc, <clears throat> wreaked havoc on the timeline. There's ripples, ripples abound. Yeah, like the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes back again, gets rid of the robot. All is good. Goes back to the future, and it turns out a positive ripple has happened as as a result of that, and it and it got rid of. Segregation in South Africa, or That's something. That's
1: interesting. And i sorry, I know I don't want to dwell on the point, but it, it just sparked a thought somewhere. Um, <laughs> you always, it could be a ripple and then you assume it's negative, but
0: what about the positive yeah, ripple? Yeah, positive ripple. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> That's all. I agree with that, man. Yeah. It's always like, yeah, you go back to the future and uh, what's his name's going to be? Trump's going to be president. Yeah. Biff. Biff's going to be president or whatever. <laughs> But what if what if you just went to the future and everyone had three boobs, everyone, everyone,
1: <laughs> which I'd have three hands.
0: Greg, get out. We haven't left your room in four days. <laughs> <laughs> cleaning my room. Just get out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, the comic is basically exactly the same as the movie. Okay. So, comic book happens. I guess it's generally well received. There wasn't a lot out there on this comic book either, but the same guys that wrote that. Uh, Mark Verheiden and Mike Richardson mm. also wrote a screenplay. Also named Time Cop. Mm. An adaptation, if you will. Is that what they yeah, they call it the adaptation. Of yeah. I mean an extreme adaptation, I guess, because they got rid of robots and such. It's a shame.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they they were pitching it at a low production budget, perhaps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which I is think smart. So. I could imagine lots of little red markers mm. crossing things out. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I, this, is, this is where it gets future? a little muddy. Yeah. 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 This is where it gets a little muddy because this is one of those movies, again, Jean-Claude Van Damme's biggest movie, but there's not a lot out there about this picture. So I, I'm forced to uh, form some hypotheses here. Mm. Now, one interesting little nugget I did find, which has been an interesting nugget overall, even from the last Jean-Claude Van Damme episode, which was the, the intersection of Sam Raimi and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. So Sam, Sam Raimi of Evil Dead and Spider-Man fame, speaking of comic book inspired uh-huh. films, he was a producer slash essentially nanny for John Woo on... on That's our, right. Our he's also the producer on this movie. Now, now if I'm just going to connect some dots here, I'm going to assume that maybe off the back of Hard Target, he's in the Jean-Claude Van Damme business. Jean-Claude so. Van Damme is very much one of those guys that if he's got his guys, you know, the Sheldon Letitches of the world kind of thing. He he's very much sticks with his guys. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that kind of happened maybe perhaps organically. I can also imagine that Sam Raimi, a bit of a, bit of a, uh, a fan of the, the cultier side of culture himself, would probably have been a fan of this comic book. Yeah, and maybe. so i got to imagine that perhaps these things converged.
1: Ah, I like it
0: it's probably something like that, right? It's got to be. I'm buying it. I did go down a little rabbit hole trying to see if Sam Raimi continued to produce Jean-Claude Van Damme films, but it appears this is the last one. Interesting. But it wasn't the last one for the director, Mr. Peter Hyams. That's right. Yeah, so they get him on board and he would go on to direct him in Sudden Death a year or so later. Mm -hmm. Um, The hockey hockey one? Yeah, that's the hockey one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Universal Soldier Regeneration, which is one of those – actual good ones, I think, those weird modern ones maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you did talk through an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he's in the he's in the Jean-Claude Van Damme business for sure. And he, at this point in his career, he, he'd done a few things. Um, But I think he was a big fan of Sam Raimi and a few of the others involved and Jean-Claude Van Damme and he read the script and said, this is my chance to make the best Jean-Claude Van Damme movie of all time. Van Damme movie ever. <laughs> Um, and so he did. He made the biggest Jean Claude Van Damme movie mm-hmm, of all time. Mm-hmm. Is it the best? Only time will tell. We'll we'll, we'll oh, find out at the end of the episode. These
1: intended puns,
0: yeah, or semi-intended, perhaps, or completely. Now, along with uh, along these lines, but you know, we've got breadcrumbs of research here to deal with, or, or, or historical artifacts to uncover with this one. But just to round out cast. I don't know if I have any precasts, which again suggests that this was always a Jean Claude Van Damme vehicle from a Sam Raimi type. Uh, but we have Jean-Claude Van Damme as Max Walker. We have Mia Sarah as Melissa Walker. We have Ron Silver as very smug Senator Aaron mm. McComb. Mm. He was enjoyable. Uh, yeah. Bruce McGill as Eugene Matuzak. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and Gloria Rubin as Sarah Fielding, the traitor. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, they get these people, they, they, they do some time travel effects that look like plastic wrap and they, they do a few um, blow-drying of the hairs and yeah, such. Yeah, some
1: good – I'll be interested to know who the hairdresser on set was because, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Well done.
1: I would say to them –
0: Keep going. Yeah, I you agree, you agree with that. You got something, kid. But you know what, Bush Bash Bosh, you guys have a movie, Rap Party of the Viper Room, mm-hmm. where the trailer.
1: Ex partner, let me go, Max. I'm not hurting anybody.
0: I've got to take you back in the year 2004. Time travel is a reality. You're charged with violations of TEC code 40.8 time travel with intent to alter the future and a crime. It turns out going back in time is a pretty easy way to make money. I think you got yourself a shipment of gold, that you're taking a general aid. <laughs> the genie is already out of the bottle the technology is there now one man you ever hear the name aaron mccall is about to take the ultimate power trip he's gonna be
1: president you don't need the press you don't need endorsements you don't even need the truth you need money money. but to enforce
0: the laws of time are we still together in 10 years am i dead one man is determined to stop him i cannot go back to save her this scumbag is not going back to steal money stay here walker my future you're dead (laughs) I think you planned too far ahead. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ron Silver. Will you get up. Mia Sara. Fascinating. Fascinating pretty good trailer though yeah pretty good yeah a lighter trailer though i would argue it skims the surface it skims the surface but can you can you take us a little deeper greg oh
1: uh, yeah i'll take you a little deeper um yeah i will okay so there's <laughs> uh, a young cop um potentially on the take because he's got this massive mansion and a belter of a wife his name is max walker which is interesting and goes no distance to uh, help explain his accent. No, it certainly does not. Meanwhile, time travel has become a thing. Yeah. So obviously they need to police it because people are going back in time and robbing things. Mm. So they set up the TEC, Time Enforcement Mission, and it's all done over a single conversation in a boardroom of a regional council. Yeah. Such is the effectiveness of politics. Yeah. There's one
0: suspiciously quiet man in the corner. That's
1: right. <laughs> couple of guys just deciding <laughs> how they're going to do this. <laughs> so Max is asked to be a policeman for the TEC or a tank cup. Then, Then Then, same day, Max's hot wife is murdered and his lovely mansion is destroyed, I think, I from memory. Yeah, blown just, up. Yeah, I think he gets
0: blown up. C4. It
1: Is yeah. Flash forward a decade and he's a lonely man, but he's one hell of a tank up. hmm and uh, a heap of stuff happens. Most importantly, J.C. does the splits multiple times and lots of kicks. He saves the world and his hot wife undies, and his giant mansion seems to unburn and he's okay too. Mm. Uh, it's a love story between Van Damme and the chicken Ferris Bueller, but I'm not sure she was ever that into it. <laughs> three stars.
0: Yeah, yeah. Generous. Well surmised. I think we're on a different scale when we did the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. three stars. I don't, that sounds negative. I'm not shitting on Jean claude Van Damme movies. It's like a different genre. Yeah. It's got different It's, hard, it's, hard it's to a, explain. a different framing. You know what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. Friends yeah.
1: of the show. You know what we're saying. Yeah. How did you uh how did you
0: find the watch? Uh it was enjoyable, but I think I I ultimately like it. I had a good time. Ara watched it with me, which is always fun for a Jean-Claude yeah, Van Damme yeah, movie. Yeah, it's important. I tricked her into it by suggesting her, we'll watch Borat 2. And then she, and she hates like, no! crin- she hates cringe humour and I was like, okay, we'll watch Time Cop, you can have it your way. Oh, we'll play it. <laughs> and she was like, okay. The
1: old, uh, what's the behavioural economics piece where you got for a dud alternative?
0: Yeah, I can't remember that one though. Yeah. That's that. And remember. then we watched Borat 2 right after.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're like, well, we could watch another Van Damme movie. <laughs> oh, we might as well watch Borat 2. I did
0: the old double E thing, whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty uh, effective. Yes. Um, and she had some great observations as always with this stuff. Um, she she vouched again for something we've noticed in Van Damme is that he is the one, he's, he's the emotional one. Yeah. And he can bring that. He can bring that well. He
1: can. And do you remember when we when we saw him on stage in an intimate setting mm. um, a couple of months pre-COVID, well, on the eve of COVID? Yeah. Uh, he, he went as far to say as much, didn't he? He said, I'm an emotional, like I'm a... Yeah, I'm not a. It's, if you're a businessman, charge business. If you're an emotional man, be emotional. Yeah, I, live with your emotions or something to
0: that effect. Exactly, like, much more articulately than that. He, he's got his kicks and things that set him apart in the lap pack, of course. But I think in terms of acting, it's the emotion that sets him apart. Yeah. He can, he can, he can pull at your heartstrings more than Stallone or Van uh, Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Although Sly can do it a little bit too in the right setting. Oh, but the course. way he does it, though, even Arrow was like when when he's watching the. Rewatching the home videos of Mia and Sarah, I was like, "Oh, he's making me feel things." And I'm like, he'll get you. He'll do that. Yeah, he'll do that. Mia and Sarah home videos made me feel some things too. <laughs> but yeah, I'd forgotten a lot about this movie. Um, <laughs> we were chatting throughout while the trailer was playing. That there's there's a lot here that could have been really good. I think the um, the that that central tension of here's a time gap. But he can't go back and save his wife, mm. and not that anyone would really stop him either. But he's just not doing it. Is mm. interesting. But then he did, and then he did. I did, just but quite, quite like easily. easily. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, um, it's confusion. I, I love the opening. Yeah, just like sorting shit out of a shopping mall, stopping crime with. Uh, I thought you meant
1: the opening, the guy robbing the Confederate.
0: Oh, that too. Yeah, 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 because I'd forgot about that. And mm. then that came That's on cute. and I, I just had to do a little, did a double take of like, oh, did I put the right thing on? Mm. But then I got to think like if you can do anything, if you can time travel, gold, you have to kill. You don't have to kill people. Like it's, it's the stock market, just do the stock market. That's all that you have to do.
1: And if you are going to rob people, why would you stand in front of men with guns just because you've got a better gun? Yeah. You're still standing in front of six guys with guns who are from an era when trigger they- pulling was probably – Faster than it is today. Yeah, yeah. They would have been like, buddy, you got two seconds, you got yeah. and he's there going, I got gotten gold from here, to hear that machine gun.
0: And I know this for a fact that if you according to my financial advisor, if you invested in gold or just the the top the all S and P whatever, yeah. um, at the same time hundred years ago, the stock market's better. So wait, what are you going fucking with gold for? you got old mate in there, ex-partner, you know, going up whatever that building is. doesn't was. make sense. It doesn't make sense. you got your little newspaper, highlight all the things, maybe get a sports almanac, yeah, that's all you need.
1: Can we stick with that point for a second? Yes. Yeah. If you're a politician and you're wanting to climb the ranks mm. and you have access to time travel, Yeah. is the best thing you can come up with going back in time is a
0: campaign budget.
1: to steal money to fund your campaign budget.
0: It seems a little disjointed, doesn't it? Like, like too
1: many steps Wouldn't you go back and do something heroic, you know, like save I don't know. That's a very good point.
0: Because I find myself doing this. Going back. Do you ever find do you ever find yourself in a scenario where you're like, fuck, I just wish I could just rewind a little bit or pause time or something like that for something really small. Mm. Yeah, maybe you did something embarrassing. I could start maybe again. your barista called <laughs> you fat. Like that happened to me today. And <laughs> <laughs> but but and then you go, oh, well, if I could change time, I would be doing much bigger things than that. But it's like this guy never got past the first thing. Yeah, and It's like, fuck, I don't have enough money for a good uh, political campaign. Yeah. If only I could time travel. Exactly. And But th- you're right, there's
1: so much. Money doesn't, like us, I think it's Michael Bloomberg would probably vouch for exactly. campaign budget not getting you across the line. I had,
0: a, I had a point on this. So he's got a, there's, there's a clip of him saying this. So I'll find the clip, hang on. Before I play the clip, it's a good point because as I'm watching this, I know he texted it to and I was like, wait, that's the podcast. I'll save it. <laughs> um, is what a time to be watching this movie. I didn't expect it, but around election time, it's kind of perfect. So this guy does sound a little Trumpy slash Bloomberg-esque in this little line.
1: The country's going down the drain because of the special interests. We need someone in the White House who's so rich, doesn't have to listen to anybody. What's that? The senator was having a fundraiser. You know, I'm in office. It's going to be like the 80s again. Top 10% will get richer. The other 90% can emigrate to Mexico where they can live a better life. So Agent Walker, you're going to stay.
0: I think you plan too far ahead. Obviously you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Plot twist. (laughs) But That's pretty interesting for a few reasons. Mm. A, that point, uh, he he wants all the money just so he doesn't, because I thought that with Bloomberg, that like, oh, I guess it's interesting to have someone that doesn't, Legitimately, doesn't need money. He doesn't need donations for his campaign. It was all self-funded. That's interesting. Mm. Didn't even didn't even get close. Yeah, yeah. But then you got people like in there like Trump, which I think people think he is like that. Like he's he's rich. He can't be swayed or whatever. And there's a whole lot around that that I. Don't we'll know enough to get into we'll or don't want to another, get into. <laughs> we'll let you
1: tune into your regular political programs for such topics.
0: You can read your Facebook comments for that type of thing. Yeah, reaffirm um, your beliefs with but, Facebook. Yeah, but it is interesting. He's even saying like, you know, go back to how it was in the 80s, make it great again. That kind. Mm, it's pretty mm, funny. It is. And everyone else can go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> it's and then fascinating. Build it, it is. Yeah, yeah, I didn't
1: pick up on that. It's, but you're right. And it's, it's, it's a shrewd
0: yeah. pick up from you, Tristan. Well, and also the budget thing goes back to him needing money for a TV campaign.
1: Wow. Tarps are expensive, man.
0: Yeah. He also says that, that, you know, elections are won on TV, TV advertising. Mm. TV works. Which is true to a degree. Uh, To be fair, this is set in 2004, future, so maybe social social media, media yeah, it's starting. Really,
1: yeah, it's it's the Facebook on Harvard campus at the moment.
0: But – Remembering the comic was set in 2007. That's pretty close to Obama election. Well, it is the Obama election. Mm-hmm. That's the year before, so it would have started already. He mm-hmm. was the first politician to really use social media mm. and show that it's not all about TV, uh, Mister Silver. So mm-hmm. stick that in your pipe and smoke it. But I thought that was interesting too. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. But yeah, of all the things you could do, you know, you know what it'll be like? It'll be like fuck. If I could go back in time and get more money so we could do more advertising for the podcast. Oh. It's just like, <laughs> that's what you would do? <laughs> Out yes. of all the things. And, you know, I'm going to go to old-timey Civil War era US. Risk my life. Do some real manual labour in getting some gold. And then
1: time travel some gold back and try and sell that on the black market. Yeah,
0: yeah. And give away a clue that it's from Civil War era because it's imprinted on the fucking thing.
1: And even if you're doing that, like, wouldn't you take a like a sniper rifle or a high powered rifle and just like pick them off?
0: Yeah, and then just maybe that's it. harder. I don't know. We've played Red Dead Redemption. That's what you do. We
1: have played Red Dead, and probably it depends other games. if he's
0: got auto aim enabled. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because then I would be more ballsy.
1: Yeah,
0: I will get down there, put a little bandana on my mouth there. <laughs> yeah, it's that game. Hey, before we get into the time travel stuff, a couple other initial thoughts today I quite liked about this movie. It's been a while, but we've got a proper '90s sex scene. The, the candles and the montages, and Vaseline on the lens. That, Kenny, what sounded like Kenny G, probably not Kenny G, but. Um, can
1: we just talk, and, and very early on. Can we talk about that sex scene just for a bit? Yeah. Um,
0: it was too much. Too to much. There's was an angle I early on. I never thought
1: there was such thing as too much JC. <laughs>
0: yeah. There's an angle early on. Oh, man. I think can see I, the I <laughs>
1: think I saw his asshole. <laughs> If you pause right at the right minute, you can see right up his anus. Yeah. It's like this zoom in and he clenches his butt. It's like, <laughs> come on, man, that's not cool.
0: It's fascinating. And this is – do you remember how defensive he got about the butt on Arsenio in the last movie we did? Because he was like, no, I only did that in two movies. It's, it's a, a lie. He'd done it in like it's five a, by that point. Yeah. And he's straight in this one. He's doubling down.
1: It's straight up. It's like the first scene. Well, it's the third scene but it's early. Yeah. And – Look, it's intense. He sticks his tongue out in a silk. It's, it's pretty, it's something. Carol's well, comments was she doesn't look that into it. Yeah. And my response was Mia Sarah never looks that into anything.
0: I think that's a thing. Yeah. I, yeah. Got, I got a bit more on that scene later when we go through the JCV, oh, JCVD yeah. test. I got Mia Sarah talking about that very scene. Oh. You heard it here first or if you watched Conan back in 1994. Um, oh, I was sure that his mate down at the precinct Another precinct down at the TEC was a bad guy and he wasn't the whole time. I was waiting for him to turn bad. He's what is he bad in? Is he in Last
1: Boy Scout or something?
0: Maybe, but just like it just from movie tropes alone, it just teaches me that he's gonna be bad. Yeah, like well, like Total Recall or something. Like the mate is like,
1: I thought I told you not to trust anybody.
0: Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. You had to stick your nose like some kind of (laughs) you just couldn't resist. I even
1: sent you on holiday,
0: (laughs) yeah, just something like that, you know. uh, But they didn't do it, which I guess this movie speaks to the brilliance, subverting all the tropes. Speaks to Um, the brilliance, but yeah, as we were alluding to before, that just the the, what's really what we're really finding now, and as as Jean Claude Van Damme gets more embedded into the lap pack scene. With that comes the one-liners. That's the, that's a staple of, of lap pack movies uh-huh. is is the one-liners and his cadence and emphasis on the wrong syllables means that often they just get lost. Now this this one is probably the, the, the biggest one for me but then it's a little bit confusing because then he also makes a joke about the line. <laughs> so I'll, I'll play the clip.
1: And this is a total terminated event, isn't
0: yeah. It? <laughs> Have a nice day.
1: I didn't even notice it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then wait for this this is weird too
1: I should have said freeze
0: so it's like is it meant to be have an ice day yeah and he's merged it because it must be and then he still says I yeah. should have said freeze it's weird, man. It's so weird.
1: <laughs> I watch Tyson for Spinks on TV. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Oh, I love it. I feel like I'm going to caveat after a lot of these points. Yeah, yeah. yeah Having it, said that, I
1: wouldn't change. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. It's nice. It's, it's great. We enjoy every moment of these films.
0: It's great. Oh, should we do the JCVD test?
1: I think we must.
0: I think we should. Um, I'll read through the, the little generic every single Jean-Claude Van Damme movie plot synopsis that we wrote many moons ago. Uh, you know, we've already observed that that uh, the earlier ones probably nail this closer. But interestingly, this one may perhaps circle back a little closer than some of the most recent Jean-Claude Van Damme movies have done. But I'll shut up and read the damn thing. Keep going. Well, I won't shut up at all because I'm going to read the damn thing. <laughs> shut up and read it. <laughs> um... But every Jean Claude Van Damme movie unfolds as follows. JCVD plays an American, air quotes, who wears high waisted pleated pants in a foreign land on a quest to seek revenge for a fallen loved one at the hands of morally corrupt racial stereotypes. But is about to find out. Training to fight his enemy means facing the enemies within and slowly doing the splits.
1: Okay.
0: He also gets his buns out. Oh, of yeah. course. So Should, we break this down let's into a break few it tests. Yeah, let break it down. The, the first one, uh, he's playing an American and often for this one we like to see, well, how have they justified his accent? To which this movie says, uh, don't ask any fucking questions. Yeah,
1: similar to, what, do you do that well? Is that a Arnie thing where they just just go
0: with it? Yeah, Arnie never does it. Oh, yeah. we, we said it's only twins and one other one where they... Hmm. I
1: was put up on an island.
0: I have a brother. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, we're such children. Um. <laughs>
0: uh, but, yeah, they don't They don't write. I didn't miss it. No, no. no. Which is interesting I mean, Max Walker's the, they haven't even given him They a, could have just done it. Max like, Le, yeah, Walker. Yeah. Le Walker. Devereaux or whatever. Le Walker. Max Fromage. Ah,
1: that's Max Cheese. Max Cheese. Max Power. Max Power. Oh, yeah. You strap in and feel the
0: G's, baby. <laughs> Thank you. I got enough off a hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. No okay. So, but what he lacks in excuses for an accent, he makes up for in buns. Oh, the buns? They're early. Oh, my goodness. They're early. It's too and much. as you said, they're graphic. It's so much. They're graphic. And this is hot off the heels of some buns denial from Van Damme himself. Yeah. Like, no, I do it in two movies.
1: Yeah, he really denies the bun thing.
0: We said this, we're getting to the pinnacle here. This is probably the pinnacle of the buns. Yeah. yeah this is something. You can't look right into it. It's,
1: it's like, it's so close that you see the hairs of his butthole, like his butt crack. Yeah. You see his hairy butt crack. Wow. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not shaving anymore.
0: It's authentic. Well, you know, it was also for his co-star, Mia Sarah. Quite a, you know, I don't think she'd done a sex scene before at this point. Um, and, you know, 90s sex scenes often are a little more skewed towards the female figure. Uh huh. Um, he was on top, though. He was on top. And, uh, you know, if you're, gonna, if, you're an, if, you're a, if you're a female actor in the 90s and you're doing a sex scene, do it with Jean Claude Van Damme because that is equality, my friend. Mm. That's equality mm. of the human form. He rides you. He rides you. He shows it all, you lay back and. It's um, very European. Yeah, yeah, he kind of eclipses her. It's like a lunar eclipse. (laughs) (laughs) She's on Conan? She's on Conan talking about this very, very scene. And he can kill a man with his bare hands. Yeah, in his underwear. (laughs) In his underwear. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of underwear, you you had like a big, you know, nude scene with him, didn't you? Yeah. Big weird love scene. Yeah. My grandmother's not speaking to me right now. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. She saw it and she was... I didn't actually see it. My Aunt Honey told her about it, so. <laughs> And that ruined it? It did, yeah. Well, you know, she said, don't see the first half of the film because of that scene. It's only two minutes, you know, it's just two short minutes, and they mostly focus on him, which was due to me. So, if what? any of what you of movie that, <laughs> they're it's focusing me. on him. Because I, the director promised me he would not shoot me from like every angle. That you know, I you know, I forbid him. I said I'll point my toes very nicely, and you can show those. And so they didn't. You know, they didn't really show anything. They showed really, him you
1: can... very seriously. Oh, no, really? I saw the movie. They showed. What? <laughs> they, they they shoot, they shoot his butt or something, right? Butt, see, that's they, why I won't they, see the film. Right? I just... It's <laughs> more, It's like it's also from a very 3090s, provocative and 30. low angle. Didn't you? Were You? Jeez, a little I as a... Well, you could see it if you look closely enough. I don't know. We
0: know what you were looking card, for. yeah
1: Conan. <laughs> name and address. Really? No, they just yeah. I hear it's like it's, it's a proctological. Proctological. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of yeah. He actually learned that he had a polyp. <laughs> While he was oh, oh, come on. No, <laughs> this is important. Medical knowledge that he found out. So did you have to get in shape and everything before, or John Khan's very instructive. He he gave me all these different butt
0: exercises, which what <laughs> he did. He knows every every butt exercise known to mankind, huh? <laughs> which he does, which he does frequently. I might add, and and uh, so I was doing them, and what you know. So a lot of buns talk there. That she was a bit of a goldmine. Yeah, and she articulated
1: it perfectly.
0: Well, she, she echoed my your sentiment. Yes, uh, very much. It's a very low
1: angle. I think it's <laughs> technically what. I and the look at her face. For... She
0: seemed quite like shocked. She was
1: like, yeah, it's pretty gnarly.
0: <laughs> splits. Did he do the splits? He sure did do the fucking splits.
1: There's a couple of uh, – he fa- didn't do them slowly though. They're fast splits.
0: Oh, uh, good point. It wasn't like meditative splits. Um, they were functional splits. It's like... one of
1: his more iconic split shots. It's, def-
0: Fuck, it's amazing. I just, I just like stood up it's... and cheered. Yeah, did you? Because I forgot about that. It's awesome, the kitchen, cool. kitchen, it's one, awesome. The kitchen
1: one. Yeah, the first one he just does in a fight. He it's does like, like, oh, Johnny yeah, cage all right, check that it. off the list. He's yeah, done it. Done it. Yeah. yeah. But the, uh, the, the, the kitchen <clears throat> table splits, kitchen oh, counter splits.
0: That's something.
1: To avoid electrocution is, uh, man, it's, and it was just I a, give it 10
0: out of 10. It was a perfect 90s setup of like electricity and water, like the water uh, spilled no. and it's like. You see him looking at the water, you see him looking at the thing. It's he da, the, da. He's smarter. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you see the cogs turning. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got him now. <laughs> water and electricity don't mix. <laughs> Actually, speaking of, yeah, water, electricity, because I, I think that was a big thing in the Ninja Turtles cartoon as well. But you mentioned um, while watching the other clip, it was a big era for liquid nitrogen as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, the, um, the have a nice day. A, that was nice that day. was with a frozen arm through liquid nitrogen. This is hot off the hills of it was very T two T two demolition man liquid nitrogen to the head. Oh, of course. So it, it's one of those things. It's like we got to have it in the eighties. We had in fantasy movies. We had quicksand oh, and shit. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about liquid nitrogen. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of the coolest thing. You know, if you had a science teacher that had some liquid nitrogen, mm. fucking cool. I'm fucking still cool. scared of it a little bit. Absolutely. My little muscle meal things come in like dry ice pack. Mm, I'm, run scared to the hills. I'm scared of those. Yeah. Um, so we so we got accent no buns yes splits yes high waisted pleated pants. I think oh yeah. Is he, it? Well, he had say. a he had a his
1: his police uniform was a onesie. I think. Yeah. But it had a high belt on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you For know an activity an activity belt. Activity belt. Probably <laughs> would have had a whistle, some flares, maybe.
0: Yeah. (laughs) A little whistle and maybe a little light on the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And um, if you pull the string, it's a flotation device. Yeah, yeah.
1: Indicate left Mm. or
0: right. Yeah. (laughs) All those things. Yeah.
1: So that's, yeah, I'm going to give that a.
0: Yeah. Now, mysterious foreign land slash racial stereotypes. I think foreign land kind of is the future. I think that kind of counts. Oh, nice. But it's not really foreign to him, I suppose. I know. We'll go.
1: (coughs) The future is the past. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, racial stereotypes doesn't really come into it too much here. Well, oh.
1: you know, you've got a uh, oh, white power-hungry politician
0: man. No, what? you know what? You're, you're actually you're right. <laughs> that is a pretty. That's pretty much the the fat poster child of the stereotype the fat of cat on Capitol Hill. Evil white man.
1: Yeah. Good point. I was so blind to it. Mm, I'm agnostic. I'm racially agnostic. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was so blind to it because I couldn't see outside of my own, yeah, you know, yeah. evil <laughs> white man ways. Well, you should work on that. I should, I should work on that. I really should. Therapy. I really should. Um, so I guess that's an overall pass, and there's a few dings in there. Um, yeah, I
1: think, I think um, as you say, it kind of it was a bit of a. I thought like we're getting back in there. Yeah, which is good.
0: Yeah, because after um, Heart Target and Nowhere to Run, while interesting. They did start to deviate a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I did enjoy the, those denim years, though they were mm. they were fun.
1: Yeah, especially a vest, a denim vest. It's just it does yeah. so many
0: things. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Overall, <clears throat> overall thought here, not as much of a mullet as I thought. Uh, yeah. The hard, hard target was the real mullet, wasn't it? This yeah. Was, this, that was a proper mullet. This was just a real. font. Yeah, I, oh, I forgot. I was going to get Ara to try and do oh, my yeah, hair yeah. like this. I forgot. I feel um, like you could
1: just brush it back, and it would. Yeah. It would be in this territory.
0: Um. So that was interesting. And you know what? In its defence, because I'm about to, I, I, if you would indulge me, I'd, I'd love to do a little deep dive into We've done a few time travel movies now. We've yes. done a few sci-fi movies now. I would love to do a bit of a breakdown of how well does the time travel logic, how well does the depiction of the future mm-hmm. hold up through the harsh realities of a 2020 lens?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm good. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm glad you're doing this. I've got a few questions that might organically come out mm. through your through your explanation, if if that's okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to build off that last point, the one that I will give them straight off the bat is, I think the mullet did have a brief comeback in 2004. <laughs> I, had, I think I had a mullet in 2004. I there was mullet a period with some lines. Yeah, the some lines, and there I, was I, I think it was around 2004 because it's before I started working. Working, I was working at Big W at uni. Yeah, it was probably 2004. Yeah. The rest, not so much. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll break down these things. Um, first, as a time travel movie, um, so let's let's break down the logic. We've most recently done Bill and Ted, which turns out to be a pretty smart time travel movie. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future, also smart. Terminator, also very smart. Uh, we've done some smart mm-hmm. time travel movies. Yeah. Let's talk about this one. So the rules, you can't travel to the future because it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. I I think, you know, why not throw on the constraint if you can't travel to the future? That's fine. But, yeah. But, well, first, in in the real world, scientists, the way they talk about time travel is it's only possible going forwards. Oh. (laughs) You know, the time, basically, the the only sort of theoretical time travel that is true and possible is going forwards in the time traveling. Time moves at different speeds depending on gravity and things like that. So, like the interstellar thing. Keep going. That's ultimately traveling to the future. So they've, they've gone straight off the bat. We just, hard no to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Let's go against science and say it's only possible to go to the back. We're going back. Which is also fine because we all have a good paradox, you know, for a movie, the old mm. uh, butterfly effect thing going on, which is cool. Mm. But the only thing is like in the beginning of the movie, those, the hired goons hired that goons. kill Mia Sarah are from the future. Mm. But the future hasn't happened yet. Yeah. My arms are up in, in confusion. Yeah. So you can't say you can't go to the future because the future hasn't happened yet because you just showed that the future happened mm. because these guys came back from back. there. Man, man's up in the air, confusion.
1: Cricket sound.
0: Yeah, cricket sound.
1: Point the first.
0: Yeah. Now, you can go back in time but it affects the future, which is cool, which is fair enough, which is fairly in line with most time travel movies. But then there's not really any massive impact in the future other than people getting rich and whatnot. There's no butterfly effect examples. Like yeah. by him doing that, there was no drastic impact. By by old mate going back and uh-huh. killing those um, Confederate, guys. Confederate guys, there was no butterfly effect of oh no, and now we all have arms for legs and legs for arms or mm. <laughs> you know, yes. some some shit. Or you know now the Nazis won the war or something. There's They've none just of that. told
1: us that that could happen, but there's no proof of it. Happening. Yeah, I don't deal with that. They don't, no, no, no.
0: they don't deal with it at all. Which that that is, the, and that's the whole thing in the comic. It sounds like because mm. the robot stays behind and yada, yada, well, it's what's like yada. when
1: homer has his toaster?
0: Well, that's the one I kept thinking of too. Like that's the that's the perfect scenario. Um so that's fine, but you know, yeah. I did like the aesthetic of time traveling through plastic wrap though. That was cool. The old
1: yeah. <laughs> I guess we've got to talk about the inconsistencies there
0: of the that. the vehicle and such. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when you're in the past, you can just tap your belt thrice Mm. some little gizmo yeah, and just walk in. Or when he goes back, he just walks in. But then when that's...
0: Where does the car thing go? Where's the car thing go?
1: Nowhere. They yeah. just disappear from the car. Yeah. Why is there blood on the wall? Yeah. Like didn't, what, what doesn't work every time, but it works every other time. <laughs> and then in that time they land in a river. Yeah. And the other time he just walks into the room. He doesn't like... Yeah, he, he's in he the walks into the room. Very
0: specific. So the comic book does a lot more to make this make sense. Oh, thank you, comic. So in the comic book, the pod, which looks the same, that vehicle thing, looks the same. Um, okay, it shows up on the other end, and it's there ah. to protect you, protect you through the time travelingness, but also protect you on the other end because you don't know where you're going to show up. So it'll protect you from if you show up inside a wall or in inside a war, mm. wall or war, a wall war. And then once you exit the vehicle, the pod, it it auto goes back in time, back to the future. From whence it came, that's pretty um, cool. That which is quite cool. But then you're on your own with a little thing on your belt. You touch not once or twice, but thrice. Yeah. But the reason for that is because time is like gravity. Yeah, it takes more to get you away from it, but then to go back is much easier. Oh, I quite like that explanation, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, the
1: Old gravity comparison. Yeah, that's not like bad. This. They could I'll have, take it. They could have slipped that in there. It would have been one. I mean, they had one that, cheesy line.
0: They had that chick. It was the first time time traveling. Perfect time. You know. She didn't sound like she was coping very well. Yeah, they should have said, Don't worry. It's like gravity, baby. Yeah. What goes up must come back. (laughs) Maybe they asked him to say that. Maybe they said it and we missed it. (laughs) Because he's emphasizing the wrong bits. But um, uh, so, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. (laughs) Now, look, I know names
1: isn't your fault, but.
0: (laughs) I think names are better when they just write. Roger Ebert.
1: It would be rolling in his grave right now, the great man.
0: <laughs> so Roger Eber, Eber. Eber. Um He nails it in his review. I'm not going to go goes, he? into the review so much because it's more about just how he articulates the time travel conundrum here. Yes, um, says, but right away you have some problems. How do you know which present is your baseline and how can you know it isn't already the result of tampering with the past? Just think, a zealous time cop could change the present by preventing the tampering with the past. So I'll pause there for a second. This is true because, you know, when he does change the past and goes back and old mate didn't know they were mates, yada, yada, yada. Mm. So once you change the past, they don't know. I guess they've got their ripple detector or whatever, but when he comes back and they're like, what are you talking about, crazy man? Mm. That guy's not going for president or whatever. You know, he yeah. disappeared in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, but you know I'm a time cop, right? <laughs> and you know that I probably just came, I just came back from a mission.
1: Maybe, Yeah. <laughs>
0: But there's no. That's it's it's proof that there's no kind of.
1: Yeah, it's we. It's murky. Um, if you now we're audio only, so what you can't see is that I'm doing that Jackie Chan confused face right now.
0: Like, <laughs> he really is. Uh, he I is. didn't get it. Yeah. Um. Back to Ebert. Well, says the movie, the present is defined as now. That is because you can travel back in time, but not into the future, because the future hasn't happened yet. Yes, but once you do travel back in time, the present becomes the future that has not happened yet, And furthermore, you can, how can a traveling time cop return to the present from the past without in effect, traveling into the future? You see what we're up against here. Now here comes the trippiest part. This is where it gets like very meta. This is like crazy. I mm. had to like read this a few times to go, "Wait, what did he just say? So get this. He says this as a bit of a tongue-in-cheek joke. This is 1994. Keep that in mind. This is 1994. This is closing of the review. I've skipped a bunch of paragraphs. Mm. And yet the more I thought about it, the more I realised that the movie's logic is sound. It's not so much that the premise of the original Terminator has been ripped off as that Hollywood went travelling into the past and inalterably ripped the fabric of time and that's why we've got Time Cop with Van Damme instead of Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines with Schwarzenegger. You see what can happen. So I don't know where he's getting that because Terminator 3 didn't come out yet. It came out in 2003 or something and it was called Rise of the Machines. How did he know it was going to be called Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines? So I bet he's saying like, ha, 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 maybe these guys went back in time and saw the idea of Terminator and that's why we didn't get Terminator 3. We got this. But he calls it Terminator 3, Rise uh, of the Machines. There must have been a, a script floating around. Yeah, I think maybe it got But it to wasn't make- that long after 2. It's fascinating. It must have. But then it happened. Oh. So, is that a ripple? Wow. It must be a ripple. It's a ripple.
1: There's no logical explanation that the film was due to be released the next year. And no, Greg,
0: I don't want to hear it. <laughs> fascinating it's <an> nonetheless. <laughs> it's fascinating nonetheless, though, isn't fascinating it? Fascinating. I was quite struck. I read it and I thought, wait, hang on a second. I typed into Google, what you did, Terminator 3 Cup Out? And then it said 19. 19- and I was like, Magad. Uh, and then I didn't trust Google, God. so I went to the library and went through old newspaper you microfilms. The, you got the microfilms, yeah, I so got yeah. the microfilms, and the mag, yeah.
1: And then, then when, was there a blackout?
0: Yeah, it was a stormy night. Oh yeah, yeah, very stormy night. Now, look, I think we've made our point there, and I don't want to bash this movie. I say all these things that I wouldn't change any of it, mm. but there are a couple more things. <laughs> <laughs> these are personal things, personal smaller things that I often have a problem with with time travel movies. Uh, and it's not just this movie, although in this movie this is this is one of the my my pet peeves with time travel in in this one, because it's not just time travel; it's also teleportation. Because mm-hmm. they're not just going back to the exact same spot. You know, in in Back to the Future, it's, they go go back in time and they're in the same spot. Yeah, they're going all over the world, mm. so they're doing time travel and teleportation. Yeah, which I. I'm not saying that's impossible, but they're two different technologies. Mm. There's two different ideas there. So they invented teleportation and time travel at the same time. I just think it needs to be drawn attention to. They should have just covered that somewhere, or just don't let them travel. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I wouldn't change any of it. Um, (laughs) But my number one thing that I can't stand in pretty much every time travel movie, even Back to the Future, Hot Tub Time Machine, pretty much all of them is when the person returns to the future after saving it and setting a new timeline, they arrive back in the future without any knowledge of what has now happened between the time they left and the time they came back. Just, so he comes back and he's meeting his son for the first time. He has no memories of his son. Mm. What are all those glorious years of him and me as Sarah uh, nurturing a young baby bringing it in into the world? Mm. Same thing happens in Back to the Future. He comes back and his parents are all cool and rich guy wearing... Mm. cool jackets and such, and he doesn't have, what are his memories of his childhood? Is it still with his dorky parents? Well, where's the or, guy from that time? It, well, that's the other confusing thing. It's all very confusing. It's obviously
1: got to be being a guy there.
0: Yeah, so who, yeah, exactly. Being him. Yeah, exactly. There is, when you go back. And so when he comes when you back, back, does he
1: just go, poof, it's very oh, confusing. Well, that's just his spot, but his, but the world around has changed.
0: Yeah, but either way, he's he's now back and doesn't know his own son. Mm. Uh, to me, the one that made me realise this was Hot Tub Time Machine, maybe because there were significantly older people. Lugal. So they go back and change the past. Yeah, Lugal, but he's already like 45 or something and he's lived this rock style life, but he hasn't lived any of it. <laughs> mm. He's just come back at the end of it. And, and John Cusack, old mate, he's had this amazing life with this woman, but he hasn't. He just came back and she's like, he's like, oh, we're married mad.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I, I mean, I, I'd be no. happy to plug back in as Lugal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I would hate it. I would hate it. All right. I would hate it. Yeah, it drives me nuts. I'll be like, "What's the point of any of this?" Well, f- the future, baby. Yeah, but they're your best years. For the, with the Lugal example, they're your best years. But you still had those years, did you?
1: Just, I don't think you did. No, but just in a, not being Lugal. you just had your the, the
0: the life that you had. So yeah, but then not, but then did it? Did you? Because no one else had it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Anyway, I wouldn't change any of it, Grit. I, uh, uh, I enjoy of that. Of course not. Oh, actually, what about Visions of the Future? What? <laughs> visions of the Future. What are,
1: what are you talking about?
0: This was made in 1994. Yeah. the future. Oh, was, sorry. The, yeah. the future was 2004. Yeah, how, how, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I love that the comic was 2007 and they and it was written in 1992. They made a conscious decision and then went, you know, what, it's 1994, 10 years, let's just – Make it at even 10 years. Let's
1: just get a trash can, let's get a normal old car and build like a cardboard <laughs> cutout of a trash can. And paint it
0: white, yeah. with some green buttons. And you know that that car that Homer Simpson designed. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst and that was car. more that was more functional. The Homer, there's nothing functional about this design. It, just,
1: it looks like it's going to tip over. <laughs> yeah. And then he pulls up in the house, and he's
0: still got this gothic. Yeah, the house looks old. The
1: house is still this gothic mansion, old, super old. It looks like the house from the Poltergeist. It looks haunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It,
0: Especially it, in comparison to the futuristic car. or well, air quotes futuristic car. It just looks like a haunted house. It's crazy. And the car itself. Why does it have to be in a haunted house? Yeah, it's so weird. I was very shocked by that because you expect to see like, because all the other shots in the future, mostly interior, mostly very dark. Yeah. I I think I was going to say, the future is very dark. Not tonally, just there's not a lot of lights. Well, it's cheaper (laughs) that way. Yeah, it's cheaper that way. I think
1: one of our friends of the show commented very shrewdly on on the gram that for a film that's about time travel, they've done a remarkable job of keeping most of it in the current
0: time or something. Yeah, more yeah, eloquent Sweet, than swede. That. swede. Is that the Swede? I think, I believe it was. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Like, but, they, but they can choose. And not only do they choose to not make it further in the future, they made it sooner. <laughs> now, I. Like would, they could
1: have just written 2100. Why not? 2100. Oh, no, because that
0: would be dead. But something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but. Good point but they could have you, well but you're writing a movie they could have invented longevity medicine If I'm making this in 1994 I would look back at 1984 and go okay how far will we come All right what's the versus like cars in the future are going to just have all these arbitrary buttons buttons, and buttons and and, It's autonomous driving but to activate autonomous driving you have got to get in the car and flick all these switches like you're doing a, a rocket launch
1: I feel that way about <laughs> my car there's lots of buttons and I don't know what they do I don't know what any of them do I don't know what any of them do. I can put it on the windscreen wiper and the indicator.
0: I often do either by and accident. And I do the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's us though. Yeah.
1: Could I just like as you say, yeah. I'm not changing anything. Yeah,
0: hey, I wouldn't change any of this.
1: Perhaps, you know, just so you know, just for shits and gigs, perhaps. Mhm. They could have just focused in like on one of the plot lines, just as a thought. Oh, it's not a bad idea. Like the guy robbing the confederates. Yeah. You could have made him Walton Goggins could have played that role. Oh, he'd be great. And he could have been like a time-travelling
0: bandit that Fuck just goes Greg. around robbing people and you I go think after him. you've just sparked a little repitch there. Oh, yeah? Because I mentioned before, I think just on a whim, not that it's that genius, but, yeah, this would make a good like 10-part Netflix series. But then you've got space to do that. Mm. You have all these different threads. You've got Goggins out there in the Civil War era. Mm-hmm. You've got Wall Street guy out there in the, I guess it was the yeah. Great Depression go, or just something. Yeah, and go a bit
1: further in because then you've got...
0: <laughs> build these characters You've got up Wall too. Street
1: guy, he's in it for two minutes, and yeah. nothing. You've got Confederate man, he's in it for two minutes and nothing. Then you've got the campaign trail dimwit. Yeah. And he's kind of, I guess, the ultimate crux but yeah, he's probably the least interesting one and that was the centre. And then you've got the double cross from the cop buddy but she's only in it for... He just meets her and then she double crosses him. There's no like emotional attachment really and then other than a childhood
0: story. She fully fucks him over, and, and he, he just he just assumes that. that she's probably all right. Though. she's probably a good person, yeah.
1: Um, but I, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't
0: change any of it.
1: <laughs> we talked about how shit the car is.
0: We did talk about how shit the car is. Is there much more to cover on that? Because I don't know how to articulate it without visual references. No, <clears throat> that's not. I the think best. you
1: did a very good job of referencing Homer's vehicle. <laughs> that, sent that had function
0: company. a separate bubble for the for the kids.
1: Yeah, and a little double thing, a little bubble on the top of your aerial, so you could spot your car in the yeah. Forecast. So there's reasons.
0: Been. There's reasons. Um, I like the cars in demolition man. This I just didn't like these cars. No, Not that I would change any of them.
1: And, uh, I just wanted to point on Mia Sarah. Oh uh, yeah. Now look, obviously here on Double Impact, um, we would never pigeonhole a woman by um, you know who she's married to. Yes. No, or, we wouldn't. Or, you know, her, her partners. But mm. uh, it's just interesting. Mia Sarah's got a bit of a type. Okay. Famous people's sons. Ooh. Did you know this? No. She was married to none other than Jason Connery. Now, he's the son of a guy called Sean Connery. I've heard him. A.K.A. the medicine man. Spaghetti. <laughs> <Ternish>. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done one of his movies, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Because that will be a lull for us, maybe less so for others that – don't want to listen to us do bad Conneries for a while. Can we um, do that dragon one? I'm the last one. <laughs> um, dragon harp, Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that, but yeah, yes. me too. So they were married. They had a baby. Mm. Then she got divorced and married one Brian Henson, oh. son of Jim, the puppet master himself, friend wow. of the show. They're married now and they probably wow. talk about puppets. and
0: Oh, Dance, magic dance. Uh-huh. They're married to the son of Jim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I lost my breath and I had to keep pushing it out um, And she's married to him now
0: Wow, that's sweet Yeah Isn't that wow. interesting? That is interesting not, I found it interesting Well, I, I tried to go down a Mia Sarah thing because She's not given I'm, us a lot Not given us a lot And forgive me if I haven't heard of these movies But I was a bit like, well, what's happened to Mia Sarah? I like yeah. her she was,
1: she was in Legend with Tom Cruise
0: Ah, okay, so that one was something, right? That
1: was, yeah, that was a big film It was like early 80s and then she was obviously, you know, Sloan. That was the first one. Yeah, that yeah. was the first. Sloan in Ferris Bueller's
0: huge role, iconic role. And then there's these movies that, again, forgive me, these may be good movies and these may be cult movies that I'm just. Yeah, yeah.
1: you've missed. She seemed like Ignorant a lovely of, person. Of, yeah, I, yeah. I, I liked the good vibe banter. in that interview.
0: Good banter. Um, she seemed polite. In 88, she wasn't at the expo. She was making Apprentice to Murder. She mm. was making Shadows in the Storm. We'll let her go for that. <laughs> Eighty nine Daughter of Darkness, nineteen ninety, Any Man's Death. It goes on A Climate for Killing By the Sword, A Stranger Among Us, Um, Caroline at Midnight, Damn Gap. The Setup, The Pumpetus of Love, Black Day, Blue Night, The Maddening, Dazzle. And there's just lots of words like this. Just lots of words. One yeah. interesting little note oh, so there's a horror vibe. I think, maybe. I don't know. But there's one little nugget on a television program that, that that failed in 2002 called The Birds of Prey. Was that now, the – No. That's a, well, there's a Harley Quinn movie that just came out called Birds of Prey. Yeah. The Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. So Birds of Prey I believe is a comic book. Okay. Thing where a few of those characters come together including one Harley Quinn or one Harleen Quinzel who Mia Sarah was to play in this TV show. Okay. So she was going to be Harley Quinn. Well, she was. I think they had a pilot and it stopped. Okay. So she was Harley Quinn. That's something. (laughs) Yep. Yep. She was almost
1: Harley Quinn. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, a character that wasn't that famous then that is now like a big thing, I suppose. Yeah. Kinda.
1: Yeah. I think she'd probably have a nice life upstate.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: With puppets everywhere.
0: Puppets, because oh, Brian was puppets. big on the puppets, wasn't he? Well, he still he continues he, the legacy. He,
1: he took over where Dad. I left think
0: off. He, I think he made that shitty one though, that the something town murders. Oh well, look, we're
1: not all you know perfect. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's true. Yeah, um, you're not wrong, Greg. You know,
1: I think I think I like Brian. I haven't known person. I don't know him personally. Me neither. Uh, if you're listening, Brian, big fan of your dad's work.
0: I guess you're all and right. And your wife. <laughs> you keep it up, buddy. You keep it up. If you fit keep snug in that Venn diagram, then you're all right with us. Uh-huh. Should we get into the verdict, Greg? We shall. I don't know
1: what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer the question, Judge.
0: I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Again, you. nothing
1: further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that.
0: You got something? I do have an overall thought here, Greg. Uh Uh-huh. Now, is this the best sci-fi or or time travel movie ever made? Well, well, I was going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, Is this the best lap pack sci-fi or time travel movie ever made? I'm gonna say no too. Okay, okay. But is this the best JCVD sci-fi time travel film ever made? Fuck yes, it is. Yeah, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, <laughs> I put it there's there's some questionable things in here, but I wouldn't change any of it. Um, <laughs> and you know, if, if our if our journey through his back catalogue is to decide which titles belong on the top shelf, which are those ones that really represent his journey and his his range as a star, the territories he's conquered. Then, then this belongs right up there with with the Universal Soldiers and the Bloodsports and the whatnots and the this and the that's that's up there. Yeah, I think it, it's one of the ones. It ticks, it ticks. It's a it's a really good point.
1: It ticks a very important genre box. Yeah, for you know if you're gonna be on the Mount Rushmore of lap pack. Yeah, there's certain things you have to have dealt with.
0: You have to collect all your scout badges or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: time travel. You have to have done one. You have to have travelled through time. Yeah. Or, or wait. At least some sort of sci-fi.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Or narrow. Exactly.
0: It. So uh, I mean, that means it to me, it holds up. It's a rewatch. It's 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 certified. It's in the JCVD canon for mm. me. Yeah. 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 So how
1: about you? Oh, look. Yeah. It's it's a rewatch. It. I. There's some things in it that I didn't love. Yeah. I love when J- JC is a typically upbeat, happy guy, even when he's putting. You know, even in like Death Warrant. he's a good Not point. Death Warrant. Um, Lionheart. Mm. There's still, there's still some positivity there. I found it to be a little bit more melancholy that
0: I would have liked. That's actually a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point.
1: But you know, there's, they tick, the, they tick the right boxes. There's good use of splits. Yeah, you know, kitchen. I think kitchen top splits is that automatically makes it a rewatch. Automatically. Yeah. yeah. It's got Sloane's boobs, and I know, <laughs> it's, I know it's crude, but let's be honest. That's a, that's still cool. <laughs> It's fair, it's a fair point. Um, and I'll move on from that and say <laughs> that um, I will watch it again in like ten years.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once every ten years, mm. um, in, when the future in some crazy dystopian distant future of ten years' time, yeah. the cars <laughs> get watching uglier. things on TVs that look the same but just with more stuff around them, yeah. more switches, yeah, switches
1: <laughs> and voice activated.
0: Yeah, voice activated after you've pressed a bunch of switches.
1: You know, Foxtel told released. Um, at their upfronts this week, voice-activated TV. Yeah, but that's already a thing, Apple yeah. TV and such, isn't it? Yeah, I went
0: to the channel for you. The remote talks, it's it's, it's, it's kind of cool. That's cool. I just mean it's... It's, it's already uh, a thing. Yeah. Okay, anything else? Uh, I guess that's it. What do we do next week? We're not actually sure we yet. Are,
1: it's, a, it's a lucky dip. It might be escape from...
0: New York, perhaps? I mean, you just got roasted on, on national radio for not having done any Kurt Russell yeah. movies on this podcast. Also, if there was a slight disruption there, it's because... Greg got called onto the radio mid-pod. Yeah. So I'm not sure how this edits together yet, but if you heard a little, we're back, it's because that happened. It's because that's show business. That's show business, baby. You've got to be ready. you be ready like that. You must have the hide of an elephant. Someone was running late
1: or something fell through, so I had to, you know, on behalf of Double Impact.
0: But the host of the show made a very good point that we have not done any Kurt Russell movies. And yeah. Escape from New York is on the shortlist, so maybe we'll do that next week.
1: So her name's Serene DeMackey and she was super cool. Maybe cool. we get her on at, in the near future to tango and cash. do Tango and Cash. She was all Sounds about Tango good. and Cash. Yeah,
0: she was, wasn't she?
1: And, I, and she was saying there's so many one-liners and I nearly dropped one but the only one that came to mind was, <laughs> was what do you know? It's snowing. Anyone uh-huh. want to get high? It's when he shoots uh, the yeah. thing in the, and uh, <clears throat> drugs come out. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I said bad cop, worse cop. Did I say it? I can't remember. I blacked out for most of that interview. <laughs> He said, it's Greg, it's been 30 minutes. And I was like,
0: huh? where am I? What day is this? is it? 2004. Is it? Is it <laughs> Where's me or Sarah? Where's me or Sarah? <laughs> oh, on that note, I guess that's it. Hey, yeah. but as we mentioned, uh, no, we didn't mention. Maybe leave us a review or something.
1: Leave us a review. It's a big week for us. We're mm. on the YouTube. We're on the airwaves. Yeah. We're diversifying our platforms. Yeah, We need your reviews on all of them. Yeah. I don't know how to review the radio, but... We need YouTube subscribers. Yeah. And we need reviews on... On the apples. On the apples or whatever. Yeah, that would be dandy. Please. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, well, we'll see you next week, gang.
1: Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.